Hello, Total SF listeners. This is a very rare flashback episode on Total SF. We pride ourselves on new content even during the holidays, but Heather and I have some staggered time off, so I'm running one of my favorite 2022 episodes, Nine San Francisco Things We Miss When We're Gone. It's a pep talk, there's poetry, and mostly it's a tribute to the things we take for granted in the city, from Mexican food to the weather. Thank you for listening. Hope everybody's enjoying the start to their summer. We'll have an all-new episode next week. Hello, Heather Knight, and welcome back from vacation. I've tried to avoid saying publicly that you're on vacation, even on this podcast, but can we acknowledge it now that you're back? Of course. Happy to say I got a nice long vacation. Uh, We went to England. My husband's from there, so took the boys and saw his side of the family for the first time since before the pandemic. And we got to spend a lot of time in London riding the tube. Public transit fans of ours should read my latest column about that. But yeah, it was an awesome break. Do you ever go anywhere, vacation or otherwise, and not get columns out of it? I mean, do you just see see columns everywhere? Because I've been out with you just socially, and you start like jotting stuff down or interviewing someone, even in England, are you still coming up with columns? Is that how your head works? Sort of. I always know like the amount of time I get to come up with my first one back is going to be a couple of days, so it's good if I have some ideas. But yeah, uh, you will also not be surprised to know that I was constantly taking photos of double-decker buses. There are purple ones now in honor of Queen Elizabeth for her platinum <laughs> jubilee. Well, this dovetails nicely with the subject of today's show. We'll be talking about what we miss when we're gone from San Francisco. Um, But first, we have a special visitor, James Moorhead, Poet Laureate of Dublin, California. We're going to introduce him in a second here, but how did this happen? He just um, DM'd me on Twitter and said he had this new poem about San Francisco, wanted to share it with us and potentially read it on the podcast. And we said, let's do it. All right, well, let's do it. Here's James Moorhead, Poet Laureate of Dublin, California. We asked him, people do mistake him for the Poet Laureate of uh, Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, California, here's James. Well, I'm super excited that we have longtime podcast listener James Moorhead joining us from his walk-in closet in Dublin, California, where he is the Poet Laureate of the town. And he asked if he could come on the show and read kind of an ode to San Francisco. So, of course, we said we'd love that. James, I have so many questions about your closet, but it's a podcast medium. People aren't going to see it. I do have questions. Dublin Poet Laureate, how does that happen? How How does one become the Dublin Poet Laureate? Absolutely. And one second on why I'm in my closet, because the sound quality is much better. But yes, Dublin Poet Laureate is a position that didn't exist for about 10 years. Dublin did a call for a Poet Laureate last year. Poet Laureate in most cities is an unpaid position. It's a volunteer position, but it's a position that always comes with a lot of passion. My goal is to bring the literary arts into the community in a variety of different ways. And when asked by the city to represent events, Uh, with a poem or poems that I've written specifically for that event. The City of of Dublin's 40th anniversary celebration is one such example. Well, your position includes poetry about Dublin, but what inspired you to write this lovely poem about San Francisco? Yeah, so the poem that I'm going to read in a a minute or so 
Uh, I was downtown San Francisco, and I go into the city a lot for concerts and the wonderful venues, starting with the Fillmore, but that's another story. Uh, I was in the city for a Billy Collins reading, actually. He's uh, used to be the U.S. Poet Laureate, a wonderful poet. And I got to the city too early, so I was walking around, and I was written this about a month or two ago. I was really struck at how the city had come back. The last two years, for anyone who knows San Francisco and many big cities, has been really rough. And it just felt alive in a way that I hadn't felt in a couple of years. And it, it just got me excited. And I was sitting in the audience waiting for Billy Collins to come on stage. And I started writing this poem based on that a feeling that I had walking around the city. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Um, again, looking at the leopard shoes there in your closet, I'm going to ignore that, close my eyes and just soak in this poem. Will you read for us? Absolutely. I'd make fun of my wife having a lot of shoes, but I have a lot of vans, so I'd say that we're equal shoe chunkies. All right, I'm going to read this poem that was inspired by a visit to San Francisco. She is San Francisco in shades of pink and blue, a painted lady with combat boots and attitude. She wears sweatshirts in summer, chilled by salt-soaked fog spilling over evening tides. You might catch a glimpse of her rollerblading across the Golden Gate as you sail beneath suspended steel into Pacific swells. She is portraits in De Young, a cable car's clang, a skate punk sprayed in neon green who runs from bay to breakers or swirls around a rainbow flag on Market Street in June. She is San Francisco, spun with threads of sunset hues and wisps of endless dune. Yay, thank you so much. That was Shabine, lovely. Yay, that was... I, I get a great response. I haven't published... I, it, it, you are now the official publisher of this poem, so I, Ooh, can, I, can, I can be public about it. I've shared it in a couple open mics and got a tremendous response, but until something is published, I keep it pretty quiet, and I, this is the perfect home for this poem, so I'm super excited. Aww. I've well, never thank- considered us publishers of our podcast, but that is awesome. You are effectively the publisher of this poem, absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to Total SF. Thank you for caring about San Francisco. And thank you for reaching out and sharing this with us. I'm I'm just thrilled that you gave me a chance to share this with the community. I love your program and I love San Francisco. Well, now I'm fully in the mood to talk about San Francisco. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, coming up with another column idea at this very moment (laughs) as we're talking. And this is Total SF. So one more question about your trip, Heather. Um, You're in England. What's the percentage of I miss San Francisco versus the percentage of, oh, they're doing things so much better here? More the latter, (laughs) gotta be honest. Um, I was more just glad to be away from work. It's been a long time since I did an international trip. It was three years, so I was just glad to be away, get a change of scenery, and see lots of friends and family we hadn't seen in a long time. So there wasn't a lot of missing San Francisco, but I will say I was not sad to come home. I always love the ride in from the airport and seeing the city again for the first time. 
Well, I think it does say something that you um, have a little bit of England envy when you were there at the time when they were ejecting their prime minister, (laughs) (laughs) Boris Johnson. But uh, welcome back. Um, We're going to have an episode about uh, what we miss about San Francisco when we're gone. I think yours is going to focus on this trip a little bit. I'm honestly, I don't leave a lot. Um, When I do go, it's usually for just a week. So I'm thinking back to when I lived in LA and I really thought back then, this is in the 90s, um, about all the things that I missed in San Francisco. So I'm kind of channeling myself from in my 20s while you're thinking about your England trip. Yes, we're very similar in a lot of ways, but my love for travel and your love for staying in the Bay Area is a big difference. Yeah, I'm a total homebody. I've never left. I've been to Mexico visiting, you know, relatives and stuff. And I think I've been to Canada. Other than that, I don't think... Uh, yeah, I took a cruise. It went through Canada. I think we stopped in Canada for a day. Uh, I've, I've never left. I don't want to leave. I like wow. being around my stuff. When I do leave, I like to go to Oregon because I think Oregon's a lot like the Bay Area. Um, this is a problem that my wife, Kelly, talks about. Uh, we're apparently, when we retire, I'm going to do some European travel, but I've never been there. Oh my gosh. Well, I would take you some time. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it again in my retirement, like being around my stuff. (laughs) I'm in the archive here. It's like I like being around all the photos and just I feel comfortable, (laughs) womb-like. It feels like we're detouring into another episode, so let's get back to what we miss about San Francisco. We're both coming in cold. We both have a list, as we do. Uh, Don't know what the other person picked. I think we do this to create arguments, create conflict. Yeah, draft style. More fun that way. Um, question though, one worry I have based on last draft style things that we've done, is this going to be one of those things where you're picking a bunch of like nonprofits in the Tenderloin (laughs) History Museum and all I'm talking about is like how I miss the good cannabis products or something? (laughs) No, there's not a single nonprofit on my list that I missed when I was gone. Okay, good. Because there was, uh, that's happened before. Uh, I'm going to let you go first and last. I have a list of um, four or five, and um, I suspect you're going to take at least one of them. What's your number one, Heather Knight, back from England, what you miss about San Francisco when you're gone? I'm putting this first because I think it might be on your list, having a mother from Mexico. I'm going to say Mexican food. You cannot get good Mexican food in much of the world. Um, England is definitely on that list. I don't even try anymore because one time I remember having a craving for Mexican food over there and going to some place that boasted that it was excellent, which was a very bad sign. But for some reason, I ignored my gut instinct and lived to regret it. So um, their food has gotten a lot better. You know, the stereotype is that British food is not great, but it is definitely better. And my husband says something he misses nearly as much as his family is good Indian food, which London has a ton of. But anyway, when we got back from the airport, our first meal was La Corneta. As listeners know, is my favorite taqueria in the city, and um, the burrito tasted really good. So you're looking over at me, and there's smoke coming out of my ears. <laughs> um, this is going to be an explicit episode. I hope nobody's bringing their kid to soccer practice. This is bullshit. That was my number one. Um, I thought so. I think I should get it. I'm half Mexican. It was, yeah, I, I mean... 
probably the biggest thing that makes me feel untethered when I leave here is all the bad Mexican food in the world. <laughs> There's so much. Yeah, Mexico accepted. Um, obviously. Yeah, even in Los Angeles. I lived in Los Angeles, which had a much higher Latino population than here, or at least it felt that way to me when I lived there. Um, I still had to travel there to get good Mexican food. Like there wasn't like a great taqueria in my neighborhood. I'd have to go into East LA or somewhere else and then you could find the good food, but it wasn't everywhere like it is here. Um, It seems like almost every community, um, just as a matter of pride, is gonna have one decent taqueria. And if you don't, like people are talking about it. And then there's all these areas. There's B Street in San Mateo's an area. You can go into Redwood City and there's pupusas there, you know, and even San Francisco, there's like five different areas. So um, you stole mine. Yeah, I'm so proud. I'm actually, I don't think I've ever been this pissed about <laughs> a draft thing so much so, so that I'm just going to give you the next one and act what? like that was mine too. Yeah, you get number two because I'm too mad right now to pick a <laughs> to thing. To come up with something? Pick, pick something else. Up. Okay. My number two is Golden Gate Park. Every city in the world has its like, you know, major primo park but i think golden gate park is the best of the ones i've been to i went to hyde park in london i was recently in new york city and went to central park but i think golden gate park is better than those and better than almost every park i've ever been to that i can recall so i definitely missed golden gate park there's so much to do there so beautiful um so extensive and big and um goes to the beach it's just gorgeous and i missed it where do you go like you're gone for a while you want to get to golden gate park where do you want to go what do you want to see what are your places that kind of bring you back well where i went on the day after i got home i had not done much exercise while i was gone and so i signed up for an outdoor yoga class outdoor yoga sf as we've talked about before is awesome and they have a great class in hellman hollow so that's where i went it's so peaceful and um, lovely and i just always feel at home there it's kind of like a retreat great pick um we should plug our golden gate park tour and um you you mentioned other cities like i've seen central park and i was really impressed by it but there was something about golden gate park that central park didn't have which was you feel like you can get lost in it Mm -hmm. Um, our parks were created going back to john mclaren this is on our audio tour with voice map so great pick golden gate park all right, I'm, I'm not as mad now. <laughs> you <laughs> calm down. I'm, I'm ready to pick something. The cold wind blowing through, just, I love, it's not just the weather. Um, I love the weather, but I love the fact that even on a really warm day, you're never going to string more than a couple of warm days together if you live in San Francisco or Oakland or one of the cities closer to the coast without a cold wind coming in and just reminding you of where you are. Mm-hmm. And I like it because it's kind of like a reset. Um, Even in the summer, you can count on the fact that this wind's going to come through and everything's going to kind of smell normal again and feel normal again. You don't get this in NYC. You don't get it in New Orleans and Chicago. Pretty much anywhere in the Midwest, you just kind of feel like you're sitting in the stagnated air. And again, it's like like a reset. I feel like Los Angeles when I live there. I don't want to keep crapping on Los Angeles, but I will. I like crapping on Los Angeles. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll do that. That could be a whole episode. (laughs) Um, I felt like I was just slowly for four years living in a crock pot. 
There's something about recharging. I mean, my anxieties are lower here, I think, because of that. The little demons that I have uh, go away because of that. So um, the cold wind, I love it. I like it. it. Um, my boys are still in England with their grandparents, so we're getting a little bit of kid-free time before they come back. Mm-hmm. And Europe is having a big heat wave right now, and my San Francisco-born kids are not <laughs> okay with that. It's that stagnant, hot, over-90-degree air, and they are miserable. We'll be right back after this short break. Well, my next one is very similar, but a little bit different, so I'm not going to consider that you stole it. Mine is the fog. Um, When I was coming back from SFO and entering the city, I saw that classic picture of the fog bank rolling past Sutro Tower over the hill, and I was like, I'm home. Um, Similar vibe where you're just never stuck in the heat for very long. Um, Love the microclimates. The other day I was um, going to... Uh, Roryography, the dance class you've been to mm-hmm. in Dolores Park, and from Glen Park, literally started in the fog, very misty and cold. Uh, went a little bit further, it was bright sun, very clear. Went a little bit further, it was heavy fog again. <laughs> Got to the park, it was sunny again. And most people don't like that, but I really like it. It's very San Francisco, the microclimates, and the fact that Carl the Fog is never far away. I like it. Um... I don't feel like you're stealing there. Wind and fog are two different things. I think we both got kind of specific. So, <laughs> With our weather considerations. Yeah. Do you, do you get sick of the fog? I mean, would you live in the Richmond or Sunset? My first neighborhood in the city was the Inner Sunset. And one summer, my sister stayed with me and worked at a summer camp um, in the area. And she hated it. She was miserable. But I like the fog. As long as you get some sunny days, I think the balance is nice. Good one. Wonderful. Um, my next one is not weather related. Uh, as you know, I tweet a lot about it. I think I'm like basically like the chamber of commerce for the ferry system. Yes. I just got off the ferry. I rode my bike in Alameda to the ferry, take my ferry to San Francisco, bike to the Chronicle. As I'm clicking off, every time I click off and see that it cost me $4.50 to make that commute, my mind is just blown. Um, I think you would pay $30 for a tour of the Bay. Mm-hmm. People do it. Yeah, you know, you or to, more. How is it that if you go to Pier 39 and it costs you 20 or $30 to get a tour of the Bay or more, and yet our commute is 450 and everybody just kind of like, I don't know that they take it for granted, but ride the ferry. I want to yeah. ride it all day. When I retire, I'm just going to ride the ferry all day like in a triangle. I am envious that your commute to the newsroom is a ferry and mine is a BART train. You win. Yeah. Good one. Um, My next one is the hills. Most of the cities I've been to recently are pretty flat. Um, You can get a great view of London from the top of their gigantic Ferris wheel, the London Eye, which as far as I know was not the subject of a major political battle in the middle of a pandemic like the Golden Gate Park Ferris wheel was here. But... um, you can get views by going up in tall buildings and stuff, but it's pretty flat and there's not the hills. I really miss the hills, walking them, hiking them. Um, biking them is really hard, but um, just the different vantage points you get from Mount Davidson or Twin Peaks or any of the number of hills. Telegraph Hill is one of my favorites and um, just love that this isn't a flat city. I get a little confused by this because you seem to... Um 
not like working out or not like jogging. I like working out. I don't like jogging. You don't like jogging, but you like hills. And you yeah. live in a very hilly area. Doesn't I'm... that ever piss you off? No. Um, the views are worth it. I like being, you know, another difference of us is you don't like heights. I prefer heights. I like being up high and seeing everything. So that's what I like about hills. And I love walking. I just don't like jogging. Okay. You like walking. You like working out with, uh, Roryography. (laughs) (laughs) Yoga. Uh Yoga. Okay. All right. Good. We learn something new about each other with every episode. (laughs) Uh, My next one, and this is a hard one to explain, but it's the inventive people. And it's not just like in a look at me kind of way, like I did this thing and I'm going to send out a press release and I want you to write about me. So much of the cool stuff that comes our way, whether it's for stories or this podcast or just on social media, is an inventive thing that ends up being celebratory of the area. I think about like Luke Wicker, mm-hmm. our ultra runner friend mm-hmm. who ran every hill in San Francisco um, in one day. That to me felt exactly like why we did the total Muni thing, which was not just, hey, I'm going to do a thing that's going to get me attention. I'm going to market. I'm going to brand myself. It's I'm going to do something that, that allows me to discover new things in this beautiful city and celebrate it. And I see that all the time. I think about, you know, Roryography. We've talked about that already. (laughs) I mean, that's something like, I'm going to do this uniquely San Francisco thing and bring other people into it and put it out on social media. And we're all going to use this thing I created to celebrate the city. I think about Ben Zotto. It may be Zotto. I apologize if I'm getting that name wrong. um, Who contacted me because he created a font that was based on San Francisco street signs. And then I got to know him a little bit better. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to make a font based on the cow palace? And he did it. (laughs) Um, And people are using these fonts on their books and stuff. And I I think like so much of what you and I do with Total SF, what the rollover easy folks do, what some of the KQED people do is sort of just like mining these people who have done cool things. And more often than not, they're not celebrating themselves, they're celebrating the city. Mm-hmm. So that's a long way of saying inventive people who celebrate San Francisco. I like that. I also thought of um, David Hegarty when you said that, the organist at the Castro Theater, who's been playing for 44 years just because he loves it. Um, I also thought when you were saying that of Darcy Drollinger, who just took his Golden Girls show on the road to Palm Springs and Boise, Idaho, and posted really funny videos on Instagram of how Rose Nyland's wig <laughs> made the trip. Um, there's just so much creativity here, and I just love all these characters. Yeah, I mean, you could just look at our podcast guests, you know, the Tree Twins. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, I absolutely love them and uh now we're starting to see them around town and they were in the pride parade in the pride parade it just all of this kind of snowballs it's one thing i like about what we're doing is we're just making all these new friends uh you know byron cobb is is retired now from cable car bell ringing but i think of people like him Mm -hmm. you know all these characters who they're bringing something to the city not just to themselves yeah great one Um, I think I'm in a nature theme because after Fog and Hills, my last choice is beaches. I don't think there's very many major international cities that have as many beaches as San Francisco. Um, 
And the fact that we're on an ocean and a bay and there's so much water. Um, I went to Baker Beach over the weekend, great view of the bridge and pelicans flying overhead. And you can just easily feel like you're out in nature, even though you're still in the city limits. And I missed that in places like New York and London, which feel it's a bit harder to get outside the really urban feel and explore the water and the beach. Good one. I like too the diversity of the water. I don't like the beach. Like I don't like going. What with a, we're discovering so many differences. Today. Well, I don't like like going with a bucket and you know like <laughs> building a, sandcastles. Like a big building sandcastles. Well, that that's kind of fun. But you know, going with the big umbrella. But I do like going to a beach where I can go paddleboard off of mm-hmm. it. Um, loved Crane our, Cove. Yeah, Crane Cove. I love that place. I want to go back there all the time. Um, aquatic park you know going for a swim there i don't want to go back and go for a swim right away but i thought that was super cool i like our diversity of waterfronts here too yes okay i said you were going to get to start and finish but um i do have one more okay um and you can join in on this one because i know we agree i think we really focus when we lose a bookstore or a movie theater but we are so, so lucky that we have so many of them right now. And I, I'm talking about the indie bookstores mm-hmm. and indie movie theaters. When I was in L.A., I mean, there were very few of them, and they were all dying off, and everybody just wanted to go to a multiplex. And I, it, it struck me how much downtown Pasadena looked like downtown Santa Monica. And I just love how we have all these bookstores and theaters, and all of them are a little bit different. And you can go and experience a new place, but there are these community gathering spaces that we seem to appreciate. Um, If you go to another big city, even though we have lost movie theaters, we have way more indie movie theaters per capita. Um, Our data team even found this out, and we wrote a story on it. And bookstores, through the pandemic, people love them, they support them. I love just popping into a new neighborhood and and coming upon a bookstore or a comic book shop that I've never heard before. I think that's kind of unique to this place. And I think it's because people appreciate indie and they appreciate community spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like San Franciscans go out of their way to patronize small businesses because we've lost so many. So we definitely want to keep the ones we have alive. So that is a great pick and I am on board. All right. Well, I'm glad we got in our fight early. (laughs) It would have been a problem if we got in the Mexican food fight uh, at the end. I'm still riding high off the vibes from our poet. I want to get more uh, of our people who listen to us involved in this podcast in different ways. That's my takeaway because I just love that poem and I loved meeting James. That was awesome. More people need to chime in from their walk-in closets. Yes. um, And lovely pumps. um, (laughs) There were, there were these leopard pumps. I'll ask if I can uh, screenshot it and share it on Twitter. Um, very organized closet. I appreciated that. Uh, I'm rambling. Welcome back from vacation, Heather. I'm sure Thank you missed you. this. <laughs> I did miss you and the podcast, but I loved your episode with Tony. So Yeah. Thank you, Tony. And um, yeah, welcome back. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. 
Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.